Boom! Welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I am your host, Jake Chavarelli, with my co-host, Blockchain John. This is episode number 428. How's it going, John? Well, it's unfortunate that I have to go back to work on Monday since I didn't win the lottery this past weekend. Yeah. That one guy, <laughs> some, somebody in Illinois, right? right? Yeah. Sometimes I forgot what it was. Yeah. Right, did you know how much the money they're gonna take get when they do the lump sum? Is like the the total amount is like one point two eight billion or something like that. One point three four, I don't yeah. remember. Like but the lump sum is like seven hundred million, and then after taxes is like four hundred million. It's like okay, it's still four hundred million. But it's like wait, it was supposed to be one point three five billion. Why is it only four hundred million? That's way less than the total. <laughs> How did that happen? I thought the taxes were from deducted from the 1.3 to the lump sum. I thought the lump sum was deducting. Oh, you're saying that? Okay, maybe that maybe that's how it actually is. And let's just say that the taxes are almost 50 percent, and you're only getting half of the total. It's like, wait, 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 what? You're saying yeah. if I win 1.3 billion dollars, that I only get 700 thousand or 700 million rather? If you won, if you won that, what would what, what would you do? What's the first thing you would you purchase? Oh, I, well, I mean, I don't have any more debt right now, but uh, uh, I, it's complicated. Purchase, purchase, not, not, not clearing debt. What would you purchase? Like, if you had a it's too complicated to say. It it's too complicated to say. I have a whole plan. I'm not going to talk about it right in the show. So let's just get on to uh, starting. I know I know, we want to talk about this, but it's it's not part of the show. We can talk about it in the Twitter Twitter spaces. Um, anyway, so, yeah, thanks for everyone joining us. We've, uh, we appreciate your uh, watching us. We have here on the uh, coin tree different ways you can donate, and of course, we highly recommend that you check us out on YouTube, Discord, Twitter, Twitch, and Odyssey, more, more Odyssey than anything, because there's no ads over there. You can check out the uh, chop.jabberelli.com slash c3media to see the most recent Black Diamond Hands Black t-shirt, if you like. You can see that shirt is now available. I finally got it up. It's got a kind of bluish diamond on it. Diamond Hands never sell. And of course, we have the two original shirts we had on there from the beginning. We do have other sizes than... Um, uh, small, medium, large. We actually have XL and XXL now. I talked to my t-shirt guy. He can make almost any size, even up to triple XL. So if you're looking for a triple ah. XL black shirt, I'm sorry it's not showing up there. I need to change it, the listing, but I can definitely get that for the Diamond Hand shirts. So um, let's get on to the job of the day. The job of the day is a junior blockchain marketer from Quadrant. Quadrant's protocol is the blockchain arm of Quadrant developing many of the te technologies powering the company's big data solutions. Quadrant is a subsidiary of Appen, A-P-P-E-N, the world's biggest AI data company listed on the Australian Stock Exchange. We're looking for a senior blockchain marketer, and this is what we'd like them to do. Take over ownership of all marketing and communications activities at Quadrant Protocol from the director of marketing, including strategy planning and leading the ex execution, lead partnerships, and lead the NFT initiative of our flagship project, GeoLancer. It's a very short job description, which has a lot of responsibilities I'm not going to go over. So it's a rare opportunity to get into blockchain marketing at a company creating tangible business value with new technology. So that is the junior blockchain marketer at Quadrant. And the quote of the day is, again, from Dan Held, like it was the last episode, if you think that central banks will continue to print and devalue their currencies, then buy Bitcoin. Thank you, Dan Held. You're amazing. You have some really deep uh, prophetic information to put out into the Bitcoin and the cryptocurrency market, and 
I re highly recommend if you guys like these quotes to go check out Dan Held on Twitter. Let's get on to the news. You wanna tell us what's going on in crypto Twitter, John? Go Twitter. So we're going over Decrypt. This one's written by Tim Hucky. This week in crypto Twitters, uh, let's see here. Leading cryptocurrency has gained in value this week despite the U.S. Federal Reserve's announcement on Wednesday that interest rates will be raised by an additional 75 basis points to combat inflation. Typically, the announcements like this are d detrimental to crypto markets last month. Uh, actually, side note, I honestly thought the market was going to crash. Okay? Yeah, so here. Last month, the the Fed raised rates by 75 basis points in the steepest hike since 1994. Crypto prices crashed heavily as the cost of borrowing rose, causing investors to dump riskier assets. No such response came this time, with all leading cryptocurrencies posting notable seven-day price gains. A fierce debate now rages as to whether the United States, after two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth, is in a recession. The White House thinks not. Yeah. And there's a tweet from the White House. Or from Watcher Guru. The debate has been so intense that Wikipedia has set permissions to edit its recession, quote-unquote, page to semi-protection, quote-unquote, meaning that new or infrequent users have to wait four days and make ten edits on other pages before they can edit the article. Wikipedia's protection policy says semi-protection is useful when, they are, when there's a significant amount of disruption or vandalism from new or unregistered users. The news struck a nerve with Binance CEO Shengpeng Zhao, CZ, but at least he offered a helping hand. And here's a tweet from CZ. Learn about the recession. Learn about inflation. Then learn about hashtag Bitcoin and hashtag BNB. And then he confirmed meeting with Turkey's finance minister, Nuridin Nebati. And there's a photo with him. Cool. In April 2021, Turkey's central bank banned crypto payments despite the country having some of the world's highest price per capita crypto usage. However, a report by Bloomberg in May confirmed that the country is drafting regulations to control the market. One tentative proposal requires crypto companies to have a minimum of 100 million liras, approximately $5.6 million, while global exchanges are leaders, lenders wanting to expand in Turkish territories may not ha have to open branch offices that can be taxed by the government. In other CEO news, Bitcoin maximalist and MicroStrategy boss Michael Saylor, who's spent an eye-watering $3.98 billion on Bitcoin and likely remains underwater on the investment, is standing firm. Here's a tweet from Michael Saylor. Following today's meeting of the Federal Reserve's hashtag Bitcoin monetary policy remains unchanged. Saylor threw shade at Ethereum in a video interview earlier this month, implying that the world's second favorite cryptocurrency is a centralized security, replying to a tweet about this week creator uh ethereum creator vitalik buterin was not happy and here's a response from vitalik uh why do you maximus why do Mac maximalists keep picking heroes that turn turn out to be total clowns <laughs> buterin also offered his opinion on corporate attempts at building the metaverse hint he doesn't think mark zuckerberg will corner the market here's another tweet from vitalik the metaverse is going to happen but i don't think any of the existing corporate attempts to intentionally create the metaverse are going anywhere. Answering a, a reply to his original tweet, Buterin elaborated that he believes Meta's metaverse pivot will fall simply fail simply because it's too early. Web3 Bingo Cringe Festival. Coinbase teams up with Board Ape Yacht Club to produce a three-part metaverse-themed movie called the D-Gen Trilogy. 
The first part was released Tuesday. Where at? Please tell me. <laughs> the film meanders. Meanders. Meanders <laughs> along with little sense of plot or suspense of or drama. It's really a five-minute crypto shill. Crypto Twitter widely panned the project, and someone had to add better check if crypto podcaster Kobe is still answering his phone. <laughs> On the second, uh, on second thought, he's fine. Here's <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a Twitterer known as Coin Bureau suggested reporting the movie to the Securities and Exchange Commission. Ah. <laughs> the SEC should rather be investigating this for illegally inducing cringe. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, Coin Corner CEO Danny Scott wants his five minutes back. <laughs> nice. And finally, in a related note, multi-platinum hip-hop producer Ila, the producer, announced he's joined by the BAYC team at Yuga Labs. Ila was well is well known for his frequent collaboration with crypto-loving rap legend Eminem. And that's the update from Crypto Twitter. Shows to tell you how much I know about rap any, anymore. I know, yeah, I, I know I, 80s rap and early 90s rap, and that's about it. <laughs> Uh, okay, so This Week in Coins, also from Decrypt and by, written by the same author, Tim Uh Bitcoin and Ethereum see continued growth as merge looms. Yes, it's supposed to be early September now, not, Oct- not August. We were coming up on August and now it's moved to September. I really hope they don't move it again. I really need Ethereum to finally go proof of stake so I can get rid of it altogether. <laughs> Last week, uh, market-wide positive price action was sustained this week as... Leading cryptocurrencies continue making significant gains, weirdly enough, against the two OGs here, John and myself, who thought the market was going to crash further. Bitcoin, as of this writing, has added 8.5% to its market value for 2414 or 214, and Ethereum fans enjoyed an even greater rally, which because Ethereum fell further, with their favorite coin blowing up to 12.5% to 1714 US dollars. Much of the buzz around Ethereum is down to the fact that the network is laying the groundwork for a major overhaul, aka the merge, with Ethereum, or rather when Ethereum will cut its energy consumption by 99.95%, transitioning from a proof-of-work blockchain to a proof-of-stake model. A final ten test, pardon me, testnet deployment called Goleri, Goerly, Goerly, sorry, <laughs> sounds like Gearling. Is expected to take place in early August before the network is ready to fully transition. While Ethereum prepares for the big changes, Ethereum Classic is also blowing up. Yes, I've definitely personally noticed that. Ethereum or ETC is based on Ethereum's original ledger, which includes an infamous $55 million DAO hack that was wiped from Ethereum by vote. The coin surged 52% this week to $40. Ethereum Classic's rally comes after the crypto mining pool Antpool announced a $10 million investment to back projects built on Ethereum Classic, which will remain a proof-of-work blockchain after the merge, as in forever, we hope. The other notable performances this week among the top 20 cryptocurrencies by market capitalization include Cardano. It's been down for so long. Um, Up 11% to $0.53. Polkadot up 20% to $8.64. Polygon up 14% to $0.94. And Uniswap up 30% to $8.73. In the news, on Monday, electric vehicle manufacturer Tesla reported holding 200 
222 million dollars in digital assets as of the end of june and the company's q2 filing with the u.s securities and exchange commission back in february of 2021 the company invested 1.5 billion dollars in bitcoin last week news broke that the company sold 75 percent of its bitcoin worth approximately 963 36 million dollars ceo elon musk said the sale was prompted by uncertainty over when china would lift COVID restrictions Tesla currently has one factory in Shanghai. The U.S. Commodities Future Trading Commission is beefing up its, that's a funny joke, sorry, thinking USDA, beefing up its technology team in preparation for a potential role as a leading overseer of crypto. Nothing is set in stone, but it shouldn't be since it's crypto, but a bipartisan House bill called the Responsible Financial Innovation Act, or FIAA, I don't know, it doesn't have an acronym, which is co-sponsored by Senator Christian Gillibrand, a Democrat from New York, and Senator Cynthia Loomis, Republican from Wyoming, would give the CFTC the reins on fungible digital assets which are not securities. That's in quotes, if passed. On Tuesday, a bipartisan bill introduced by Senator Patrick Toomey, a Republican from Pennsylvania, and Christian Semina, Cinema, pardon me, Democrat from Arizona, called the Crypto Currency Tax Fairness Act would exempt tax reporting for crypto transactions of less than $50 or trades in which a person earns less than $50. Over in Europe on Wednesday, the chair... Oh, did you have something to say? Sorry, I didn't hear you, John. No, I just I wanted to comment on that. It still doesn't seem realistic when people are trying to obviously earn some interest. I would say... If I would, $50 is nothing, man. I would say $1,000. Wave it if it's $1,000. Okay. Now, $50 seems really low, but. Yeah. Over in Europe on Wednesday, the chair of the European Banking Authority, Jose Manuel Campa, said in an interview with the Financial Times that it won't be until at least 2025 when the regulator will know exactly which cryptocurrencies it will be charged with supervising. One of the main difficulties of the EBA is facing, said Kampa, is a lack of crypto experts. <laughs> That's funny. They need to talk to people in the U.S. Due to high demand across society. He ruled out the possibility of baiting them with lucrative salaries, saying it was not within the range of possible discussions between the EBA and the European Commission. That same day, the U.S. Federal Reserve announced another interest rate hike of 75 basis points aimed at stemming rampant inflation. We'd already read about this. Last month, in response to inflation readings from May, the Federal Reserve raised rates again by 0.75%, the steepest hike since 94, as we've already said. Finally, it appears the industry is not completely clear of crypto winner. On Wednesday, Singaporean exchange Zimpmex filed, filed pardon me, for bankruptcy protection against legal actions from creditors. Oh boy. The news came just a week after the exchange announced it was pausing withdrawals. Doesn't this sound familiar? Wow. Everybody's yeah. pausing withdrawals. I thought, but if, if you have your crypto on exchanges, take them off now. Okay? Yes. That's the two socials of the day. Take them off. Put them on your private wallets. Please stop putting money on exchanges. If you're going to exchange, put the money in exchange and then pull it out. The only thing I found that's difficult with that, particularly with Hotbit, was that Hotbit has a ridiculously high um, Don't use it. cost to remove anything from their exchange. Like, they don't want you to take it out. But they've already proved that they're not going to fold because when they got hacked, they recovered, which is rather impressive. All right, Tiffany's. 
Right, this one's written by Andre Benganski from Decrypt as well. Tiffany's reveals first NFT at $51,000 each. Tiffany and Company, one of the most prominent names in luxury goods for over a century, is launching a series of NFTs. The jeweler hinted at its upcoming sale set to begin August 5th by tweeting out a video of a pixelated grid revealing NFTs. <laughs> the tweet also specified a price of 30 ethereum just over $51,000 at today's price and there's a couple of tweets there uh, an image shared by the influ influential NFT trader Cosimo de Medici pointed to a description of the NFTs that specified the offerings would be a series of digital and, and physical pendants made for the owners of crypto punks that would resemble the NFTs they already own. The website, the tweet links to say the offerings will have a limited supply of 250. The NFTs, the first NFT product offered by Tiffany and Company, are being introduced after the company was flirted with diving deeper into Web3 for months. In March, Tiffany and Company ventured into the NFT space for the first time with its purchase of an Okapi NFT from Tom Sachs, the luxury goods retailer reportedly purchased the NFT for $380,000 and has since set it as the company's profile picture on Twitter. And there it is. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Wow. <laughs> it is so bad. That's, that's pretty bad. <laughs> oh, man. The next month, it dropped uh, TIFF coins, a series of limited edition gold coins that debuted in April Fool's. The solid gold coin were limited to a total of 499 in production and were individually engraved. N quote, no, we're not launching our own cryptocurrency, Tiffany Company stated on its website, but these are very real limited release 18 karat gold coins are a modern version of our Tiffany money and celebration of our history. End quote. That is pretty cool, actually. Yeah, that is kind of neat. In April, Tiffany and Company also created a pendant for Alexandra. Oh, we'll just leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. I won't continue on. Yeah, yep. we got it. We got it. Thank you all for uh, making your interesting NFTs. Uh, it's and that ends the news for today. Thank you all for hanging out with us. Until next time. <laughs> uh, we got a couple more articles from uh, Crypto Potato. U.S. grants up to $10 million for information regarding North Korean crypto hackers. They're trying to hack back. This is Demetar Zanzaroff from Crypto Potato. The U.S. State Department vowed to give $10 million to anyone who gives valuable information. It better be $10 million worth of valuable information that could be used against North Korea cryptocurrency hacking collectives. The amount is double the previous bounty promised in March of 2022. North Korean hacking groups have been a significant burden for the American authorities from, for years now. Such entities stood behind some of the biggest exploits in recent past, draining millions of dollars worth of crypto from organizations. Chanalysis estimated that North Korean cyber cripples stole almost $400 million in digital assets in 2021 alone, as the funds were collected mainly from exchanges and investment firms. Last month, Elliptic claimed that the notorious cyber gang based in East Asian country, the Lazarus, was the one that breached Harmony and drained the $100 million worth of Ethereum. The uh, U.S. State Department seems to be struggling with those bad actors since it disclosed a $10 million award for the information to, it could just disturb their activities. Here's a quote. If you have any information on the individuals associated with the North Korean government uh, linked malicious cyber groups such as Andariel, APR38, Blue Norov, uh, Guardians of Peace, Kim Kimsuki, and the Lazarus Group, or rather, or the Lazarus Group, 
who are involved in targeting U.S. critical infrastructure and violating the, the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, you may be eligible for a reward. Don't worry, it won't come from the DMV. The problem faced by the U.S. State Department uh, when battling those hackers might be uh, because cyber criminals use sophisticated techniques to steal and launder cryptocurrencies. In February this year, the Center for the New American Security, or CNAS, placed the Lazarus Group among the most advanced hackers worldwide, describing them as a masterful army of cyber criminals and foreign affiliates. The award is twice bigger than the $5 million announced four months ago. Back then, the agency argued that the North Korean hack hackers attack crypto exchanges and financial institutions to steal funds, which later support the totalitarian regime in their homeland. A few weeks ago, the digital asset exchange aggregator CoinCub uh, determined that East Asian country has become the world's crypto hacking superpower. Great. Just tell them how great they are. That you know. <laughs> North Korean cyber criminals have reportedly drained $1.5 billion of digital currencies in recent years. I was like, well, they're not willing to leave North Korea. they got to do something with their money, right? CoinCub further claimed that the Pyongyang government controlled all attacks while some of the gang members could have a close relation to Kim Jong-un and his inner circle. I'm not that surprised by what's going on with this. It's it's something that is going to happen because, you know, we, we put a whole bunch of sanctions on these people. What do you think that Russia's trying to do to us? They, they're just trying to fight back whatever way they can. It's like, hey, if you want to succeed, you got to be good. <laughs> just, just off the top of my head, the Lazarus Group is notorious. They've been around for a very long time. I, I, I'm, I, just the top of my head, I'm guessing about 20 years at, at least. Uh, they, they've been around for a minute. And yeah. they've been as good as, as they were now at, back then. Like, they just... They're, getting, they're so good, man. I don't understand if it's the same group or they're recruiting really good talent and, and working for them. I just, it's, it's mind-blowing how, how, how amazing they are. I just want to just be that fly on the wall just see how they do that. It's just amazing. And the reason I say it because I'm reading a book about them, and it's just it's mind-blowing how, how they pretty much um, hacked in a bunch of governments around the world and, and private companies. Well, one of the things that I'm not saying that all, I mean, they say if a person really wants to get in, they're going to get in, even if you put a wall up. Uh, but the one thing I have noticed about a lot of crypto companies that lose their money is they get fat and happy and they just don't think, oh, they think, oh, well, no one's ever going to attack us. Really, no one's going to attack us. And it's like people are attacking you constantly. If you're not aware of that, you are super naive. It's going on all the time. They're constantly probing your firewalls, trying to figure out where you can get in. And honestly, in my opinion, um, most hacking, or at least the most successful hacking, is not backdoor, but front door hacking. The best hacking that ever worked is the kind where they basically convince you that they're a legitimate person, not just by trying to unlock your back door. Like you know, just ha you know, hacking is like no, it's it's easier to go in the front because you got idiots who will just give you the money away because they have no investment in the in the purpose. So. Russia is another. Right, next news from Crypto Potato. This is written by Felix Molin. Russia has received over $2 million in cryptocurrency donations. Analysis says, what's sauce, what's sauce for the goose is sauce for the gander? The <laughs> Russian told the Ukrainians on July 29th, Chainalysis released a report indicating that several pro-Russian groups have raised more than $2 million in cryptocurrency donations to fund Russia's war against Ukraine. According to the... Uh, According to the report, <laughs> Chainalysis has identified 
a total of 54 pro-rational organizations that have received over $2.2 million in BTC, ETH, Tether, LTC, and Doge to provide equipment and logistics to paramilitary groups in the Donbass region of Ukraine. These territories are subject to OFAC sanctions. And pro-Russia social media accounts receiving the most cryptocurrencies. And now here's 10 accounts and how much they have received. <clears throat> According to Chainalysis, the crypto donations received by the pro-Russia group are being used to purchase weaponry, drones, bulletproof vests, communication devices, and other military Who supplies. Who are they buying it from? <laughs> yeah. They're buying it from the U.S.? <laughs> no, just kidding. The blockchain intelligence firm explained that paramilitary groups have used social media to show how they use crypto donations to buy weaponry. As an example, the report reads a statement from one of the allegedly identified pro-Russia social media accounts asking for funds to buy a drone. Quote, we have only 150,000 rubles left to raise for a drone that will be able to deliver gifts, quote-unquote, to the positions of our Ukrainian quote-unquote friends we <laughs> oh my god we hope to be able to film it on video and delight you with interesting shots rife with euphemism <laughs> wow <laughs> similarly other groups have publicly shown purchases of medical equipment such as first aid kits and medical bags chainalysis points out that despite not having received large amounts of money it can strongly influence the effectiveness of the militia Analysis explains that even though a total amount received by the Russian groups is small, it could drastically improve Russia's effectiveness during the war because the ruble, Russia's local currency, has considerably lost its value. Right. Cryptocurrencies are considered a hedge against inflation and the devaluation of weak fiat currencies. According to Chainalysis, paramilitary organizations have used cryptocurrency to evade international sanctions over 11% of the total donations passed by obfuscation obs 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 yep. processes like coin mixers. In addition, Chainalysis revealed that pro-Russia groups laundered approximately $1 million via a local cryptocurrency exchange called its BitsLato. Similarly, Chainalysis suggests that the increase in pro-Russia groups received donations through cryptocurrencies indicate that they may be coordinating their actions to achieve their purposes. However, as Crypto Potato recently reported, the, the amount of donations they have received is far less than that than that received by the Ukrainian government, which since March has already raised more than $100 million through cryptocurrencies and NFT sales. Thanks to the donations received by Ukraine the, and the country's record adoption, the country country's president, Vol Vol Volodymyr Mir Zel Zelensky. Come on, it's, yeah. Volodymyr Zelensky. Yeah. You don't know who Zelensky is? <laughs> Volodymyr Zelensky. It's the president of Ukraine. The use of cryptocurrency. Okay. Got it. This is very different from a recent move by the president of Russia who banned the use of cryptocurrency in the country for the payment of goods and services. Wowzers. Wowzers. I mean, I, I, the Patriot Act, as I recall, was trying to prevent people from sending U.S. cash to, you know, whomever paying for terrorist activities. Bitcoin kind of just circumvents all that. But we can at least track, and that's the reason I say most people who are interested in, in espionage aren't interested in using crypto because even though crypto doesn't respect borders, you can still see where the money's going. You know, it's a public ledger. Obviously, if you're using Monero, that's not as much true, but... Um, the um, Patriot Act is just there to curtail, as far as I know, curtail 
U.S. activities to keep track, you know, keep eyes on what U.S. citizens are spending their money on. And personally, I, I'm not a fan of it. I don't think anybody is, really, honestly. Um, so anyways, let's move on to the last article of the day. Voyager ordered by Fed to stop misleading customers about FDIC protection. It's by Andrew Thorfalos. The insolvent crypto uh, brokerage firm Voyager has been contacted by both Federal Reserve and Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, or the FDIC. Both bodies have demanded that the company correct all misleading statements it has previously made concerning the deposit insurance coverage of Voyager and its customers. In a joint press release on Thursday, the Fed and FDIC called out Voyager for false and misleading claims spreading across its social media accounts, mobile app, and websites. These include claims that the Voyager was FDIC protected and that Voyager customers would receive FDIC coverage for all deposited funds. The firm also claimed that FDIC would insure customers against the failure of Voyager itself. The authorities believe customers relied upon this misleading information when offering their funds to Voyager, which has had its basically been frozen indefinitely. Quote, the Federal Deposit Insurance Act prohibits any person from representing or implying that an insurance, an uninsured deposit is insured or knowingly misrepresenting the extent and manner in which a, li a deposit liability obligation certificate or share is insured under the Act, explained the release. The FDIC is meant to protect customer deposits in case of a bank institution's insolvency, usually up to quarter million dollars. It is also responsible for ensuring banks around America comply with consumer protection laws like the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act and Truth in Lending Act. While the FDIC covers customer savings, checking, and money market deposit accounts at insured banks, it does not insure them on stocks and bonds or investment accounts. Voyager released a response to public scrutiny along the same lines earlier this month, clarifying that the protections its customer clarifying what protections its customers actually have. As officials recognized in Thursday's statement, Voyager stated that customers' USD deposits were insured and set to be returned to their owners. All such deposits were held in the Metropolitan Commercial Bank MCB of New York, an FDIC-insured entity. However, customers are not protected against the failure of Voyager itself, nor its custodians, as its website once implied. Furthermore, the company could offer no guarantees on the portion of its customers' crypto deposits could be returned. According to customer agreement, rules and regulations surrounding customers' right to cryptocurrency amid insolvency are unclear, just like Celsius. Oh, wait. <laughs> as of mid-July, Voyager's plan in progress was to compensate customers using a combination of crypto, Voyager tokens, 3 euro capitals, <laughs> recovered proceeds, and shares in a newly established firm. That doesn't sound like good good deal to me, kind of like what U.S. Bank was doing to customers by opening savings account in their name without them asking. Like, just because you want something doesn't mean you get to just do it. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, it sucks. It's stupid. What did we say? Uh, anyways, thank you all for listening to the show today. And those of uh, those who are actually watching live on Twitter, I appreciate you guys making commentary. I, uh, it's always great to see engagement. Uh, if you would like, at some point, to visit our shop.jabberly.com slash c3media to check out the latest Diamond Hand black t-shirt and, of course, the white and other uh, white shirts we have up there. There are also many other colors for those other shirts. 
but the black shirts are, are a particular vendor and they can make different sizes I mentioned before. So thank you all for listening. As we always say at the end of the show, right, John? Stack sets, Stack sets and, and huddle. And huddle. Uh, Adios. Adios.